Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. On this episode, Josh and I are discussing close encounters from last season and what we learned, specifically what we're going to do different this year. This is a really great episode if you want to learn from our mistakes, so stay tuned. Afternoon. Good night. Uh, good, good night. Good night. Man, <laughs> as we were talking about this episode, my heart is just broken. <laughs> I'm just it just pains me to just think about. Oh, I just have such the pictures in my head of the such close encounters, but couldn't oh, make man. it happen. Such good moments. It's uh I mean it's great because kudos to you for wanting to do this one. It's um it's super hard to think about things you did wrong, but I think in all cutting, like that's uh, what did we say that saying was last time? Like good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad decisions. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something like, like yeah. that's the only, that's what I, what I love about elk hunting, no matter how good the book or the video or whatever it is, they can't teach you what you'll learn in the woods. And so I think this is a amazing episode. I would have killed to have this a few years ago. Um, just to like understand all the things we did wrong and what we could have done different because odds are we're probably going to cover at least 30, 50% of the scenarios someone's going to see every year. So just listening to this hopefully helps a lot of guys um, get into a much better place next season. Yeah. And I know you had a lot of close encounters uh, this season, but I think for you, we're going to cover your three most instructive. And then for me, I really only had two real close ish close encounters one was super yeah. close we'll get to that one but uh yeah a lot of good le learnings from those specific encounters what, what's the totally. ratio again of like a how many opportunities do you have to shoot and then how many end up actually being successful is it like yeah well i think you know, i think they say the average hunter the average hunter gets is successful once out of every 10 years right that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the rate i would argue that it's actually there's a few guys that are pretty successful and there's a lot of guys that'll take 15 or 20 years, but that aside, let's just assume you get one out of 10 years. Um, and I, I guys I've talked to anecdotally, you know, they get one to two good opportunities a week, most okay. non-resident hunter. So I honestly think that your hit rate, you know, the amount, uh, the amount of encounters you get to one working out is going to be about one in 10 wow. on average. And if you're good, maybe one in five, if you're not good, it's less, but so I think that's part of elk hunting is trying to, as we talked about getting near elk, so you've got a huge amount of these encounters, but it's also about the tactics and tips and things, you know, how to do so that you're upping your rate, you know, like if we're, we're talking about this season, I can't remember numbers, but there were over 10 or 12 elk I could have killed within, you know, 30, 50 yards or easy chip shots. Um, majority of those were cows, right. But, uh, I think if, if the bull encounters I had, I think I had three or four, um, encounter five encounters, maybe five encounters, something like that. And so I was really, really excited about making one work. Um, and that's for me, that's progress. That's how I, f you know, I feel good about my elk hunting when I feel like I'm just better at better at what, I, what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. So my goal next season is to get seven or eight encounters and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but if i get those yeah. encounters yeah eventually it'll well, happen hopefully stuff like this just drops the amount you have to get right it's not that you need to get 10 to make it happen but yeah you could maybe you, next season if you get three or four you now 
you've learned so much from last season that you you make it work. So mm-hmm. that's a huge deal because you're only going to get so many. So if you're smarter and you know what to do in each of them, man, that's a that's a great thing. Yeah, totally. So yeah. let's start with that first five point. Oh, that, man. I mean, the first week that was like day two, I think. <laughs> um, and that was really that was kind of the biggest mistake I made. And that's I think with all these, what's going to be really interesting is you can make like six to 10 really good decisions that all go well. And if you make one wrong decision, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's, that's the thing about all cutting that you got to either, either love or you hate and you either do archery for a year or two and you're out or you're like, I'm a lifelong um, advocate. But what I didn't do before the season is I didn't really have a great sit down conversation with myself around what do I want out of this and what, like, what does that look like? Like you, the last thing on earth you want to be doing is deciding what kind of elk you want to shoot when one's sitting in front of you. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and so what happened is, you know, pretty fascinating. Um, and that's a situation is that, uh, as we talked about, I was kind of around the top of a knob. I did a lot of things really good. I came up winds. I was setting up camp where I just dropped my pack before I set up camp. And I've been so quiet that he didn't hear me before I set up camp, I just looked around. I didn't just go about stuff without being unaware. I looked over the edge and there he was, right? So I did a bunch of things pretty right. But when I looked over the edge, I saw him standing there. And the first maybe 30 seconds that he was there, um, he was very killable. Like perfect broadside, right? And 30 yards or 20-something yards, I forget now, but like very close. (laughs) And uh I remember looking over and seeing that he was a five point and like a medium sized five point. He's just, you know, bigger raghorn. Um, and it's day two. And I mentally am like, do I want to shoot that or not? And in that like 20 seconds of me kind of debating that he'd moved into another area. And as we talked about later, I could have easily put a shot on him. That wouldn't have been like, it would have been through the fronts kind of just in front of the front shoulder. It wasn't, it wasn't like a guaranteed angle. And so, I just was like, I'm not comfortable taking that shot. And I passed. So it was kind of a brutal one because when I passed, I was like, you know what? Like I, I would have loved to take that because, you know, a few things for me, it was like, well, I get more time with um, wife and baby. Let's just be irreplaceable to have that time. I get to hang out with, like, I could have just guided you for crying out loud. <laughs> the like three or four cows that we could have killed, you could have killed one. Um, so there were a bunch of things looking back, even though I got really lucky and held out and got a big elk this year i think i would have rather have told myself just shoot that five point like that's that's what you're here for you're here to kill a bull um yeah so the lesson there is to some decisions you got to make beforehand <laughs> yeah and i think it's it's gonna change a lot by different folks but we've had a lot of conversations with you and this is the least like tactical or concrete of our advice but i do think it's really important um or if you're like deciding do i want to kill a cow or do i want to kill a bull really think that through because i can't tell tell you how many guys i've talked to so many guys it's amazing um after the season or there and they're like leaving on the last day when you come in and they're like oh man i had a cow like day two or three and she was dead to rights at 25 yards and i just like decided not now i'm like really kicking myself i'm so sad and Mm -hmm. Um, so i think just having a like a plan in your mind of hey you know it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? Like in the past, I've said, hey, I've got a week. So the first two days, I'm not going to shoot a cow. But then like, if it's the last, you know, half of the week, I'm definitely shooting a cow. Right. So 
uh, I think having something like that in your head is really important. Yeah. So for me personally, I think, I think next year, day one, Cal going down. <laughs> yep. I, I just, totally. I just don't think I, as much as a bull would be cool and like to have the tax derby and everything, all the memories, like still, I think the experience of ha- like, I still haven't drawn back on an animal, you know, the experience of just drawing back and executing mm-hmm. would be worth it. And I think that's my overall outcome is just to continue to be a better hunter better bow yeah. so yeah i think for me day one cow i'm just gonna go for it <laughs> done well it's awesome about you too is you always know what you like hunting for you're you're there for the meat and you are there for the the learning and the process and you're gonna have that right like you're gonna have 40 more years of hunting so you're gonna get a bull like yeah <laughs> you know so it kind of would get get the monkey off your back just to get something and right not worry about it and then you know then you'll get a little pent up a weekend like oh man like i want to wish I could have, should have, would have, but you'll get all even more fired up for the next year. Like, I don't think there's enough guys shooting cows. Now there's, everybody's got this weird thing about horns and, um, I've only ever shot one, but like, I didn't regret a second of it. Cause I got to share that experience with my now wife to show her the process. And like, it was just, it's so cool. So I'm a big advocate for, advocate for guys shooting an elk. Any elk is a trophy. Yeah. And actually, yeah. Why? Real quick, that uh, story with the cow you shot, that one was another time that you hadn't had the decision made up, right? No, we literally made the decision. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I didn't learn my lesson. Wait, good, good call out, Josh. Perpetually undecided. But no, I literally was, uh, I drew back. I think I was full draw. Yeah, I was full draw and I was sitting there and she was behind like a uh, tree that had fallen with the roots sticking up. And I'm like just to the side of it. I looked over and I was like, should I shoot it? <laughs> Or say, I think I said, should I shoot the cow? Because we talked a little bit about it that morning, uh-huh. I remember. But we hadn't made a decision. But I was like, hey, like the way this is, is like you don't get an elk in the three days of the weekend you're here. Like that just hardly ever happens. So if I have an opportunity to get a cow, I should probably shoot it. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be, you know, I don't know. But like, uh, you know, non-committal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was at full draw asking her if I should shoot the cow. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, yeah, 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 right? She was like, yeah, shoot it. <laughs> there was no hesitation there. I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's it. That's a good one for those of you thinking about it for next season. Yeah. Have those decisions made. It could be, you know, some people could be, like you said, first, third of the hunt i won't shoot a cow and then second half or second two-thirds whatever i will yeah. whatever that might be but yeah one of the oh sorry keep going josh yeah i was gonna say it's interesting because even though it may not seem very tactical that mental you know gymnastics you're trying to do when you're in the moment can be difficult and a situation can pass you up so oh, well elk hunting it's game of seconds and inches right like you you do not have time to hesitate, right? Almost every elk encounter I've had, you have five to 10 seconds to go through your shot sequence and make it perfect. So it's, yeah, if you hesitate in any bit, it's like we were in a, the world's most perfect situation when I asked her about the cow, <laughs> you know, like she was, it had come in, we were down winds, we were hidden. Like it just, it was too perfect, right? Yeah. Um, and we'd set it up that way, right? Like we'd kind of worked at it, but yeah, anyway. But the last thing I'd leave you with on that one really wise guy once told me this is never pass an elk you would have been happy with on the last day mm. that's how to think about it is like if you walked away from your the last day of the hunt and you were like oh, i shot a cow and i'm stoked i've got meat for home then like you should probably shoot one yeah 
So anyway. And then if I get one, well, if I get one early, then I can go mule deer hunting somewhere else. <laughs> that now that would get more bow hunting experience. Oh, man. Um, we're a scout for next season. Um, I like how but, you think. <laughs> crazy. Well, maybe we walk us through yours because I remember when you told me this one, I was like, oh, yeah, I've done that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so this one was after you had left um, and you had your elk and everything, and I, I went back to that general area. And uh, there were some wallows back there. And so it was an evening hunt. So I, 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 I could hear one in the distance, uh, bull just bugling. I guess I was just working my way over there slowly. The wind was coming downhill, if I remember correctly. So it was, it was, a, it was a really, really good situation. And then there was like this little meadow and kind of like a thick area of trees with like a little opening in the middle of the trees, almost like a donut of trees. And uh, I go into there in the shade and I can hear the bull maybe, maybe a hundred yards away. Like it wasn't Man. that far. And I was like getting pretty excited. I was, I, I had, yeah, I was. Yeah. Bull bugling at a hundred yards. You're probably like peeing yourself. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was getting, I was amazing. pretty stoked. And I started creeping into that little donut of trees into the middle, like the whole area. And my eyes were just beyond the trees trying to see if I can get a glimpse of that bull off in the distance. And then I'm walking and I'm walking all of a sudden, like, like freaking 15 cows just sit up and they all run out of there. And I was, I had no idea all those cows were just right in there in the shade. I, I just, I had, I was just oh, laser focused on those, on that bull off in the distance. Oh, womp. and they all go. Oh, yeah, they go blast. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, yeah, and you just they bark at you. Mm-hmm. The bark of doom. Oh, they're just all running, and you just you just sit, stand there, just watch them all run away. Uh, you don't care if you're being seen anymore at that point. It, it's such a mind trip because you're being so careful the whole time, and then in one yeah. moment, like none of it matters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's super common. Even the last example, like I've had that happen literally ten times, but. The last example, we'd heard a bull bugling and he was about a hundred yards away from the wallow. And so we were making a plan of what to do when the cow walked in. Mm. So it's super common. I mean, the ratios are always that way. It's like, you know, five to 50 cows to one bull, right? Well, maybe one to 50 cows, right? But there's always, there's usually multiple, multiple cows for every bull. So it's just math, right? Like it's tough. Yeah. But what did you... Yeah. So what would you do different? I guess I was going to ask. Yeah. I guess just knowing that's really good. Knowing that if there's a bull, Hey, keep an eye out. There's probably cows there too. You know, you watch all these hunting videos and it just, it just so many times it's you're, you're kind of laser focused on one elk. I'm hunting elk. I'm going to go get that elk. It's right there. Shoot it. But so many other pairs of eyes to watch out for that. I just totally didn't think about. I just got too caught up in the moment. I think yeah oh it's so true and it's i've had the opposite happen too which has been really really entertaining we the last day of uh i think it was second or third season um this is the season we actually didn't i didn't get one and uh we were i was with my wife and we were hunting and she was like let's shoot a cow like i just want the meat right and we looked out and 80 yards through the trees there's a cow i'm like i can't shoot through the trees and so we're sneaking in but we're so laser focused on it and then a bull bugled literally like 18 yards away in the dark timber and like oh, we both like jumped you know and like mm-hmm. freaked out and she like instantly raked a tree and it like it freaked out because it's like something 18 yards from me raked a tree. <laughs> but it's like it's so easy like you said it's so easy to get that laser like tunnel vision right mm-hmm. it's uh, really easy to do yeah then you yeah. had last season you had a 
a big six point. You said that was also a pretty close encounter. Yeah. Yeah. That was a close one. And, um, what was that? Oh, that one was, uh, so this was, I think one of the biggest, this has been one of the most common themes like I've seen for me at least over the years is that you don't trust instinct sometimes hmm. you know, and you go a whole year between elk hunting and you're not in the woods as much. Unfortunately, where I live now, I'm, you know, I was watching elk last week, right? Yeah. Uh, we we're talking about the shed hunting and me just sitting there and some cool stuff. But if you're, if you're in most, like most guys, you're non-resident, you, you're flying in or you're driving in, it's been a year, right? And uh, you might hike up. And so I'll walk you through this situation and I'll sit, show you how that kind of screwed things up. But um, this was actually within 200 yards of where I had seen that five point the first day. It was, uh, I mean, I know that area is really good and just down from where he was, there's this little kind of V-shaped valley. Um, and right in the bottom of it, there's two or three wallows and it's dark, it's deep, it's dank. It's, it's a perfect little bull hidey hole. And I actually was coming up to kind of side hill along. Um, so if you envision this, I'm coming up below this little tiny notch. And I was actually going to go side hill to the left for about 40 minutes. And then as the wind flipped, you know, side hill back above that bull and look down into it. Um, and I got up there, got right below it. And I smelled something. I thought, did I smell that? I thought I smelled that, right? And then I looked down and I saw tracks. I'm like, wow, that's, oh, man, those look really fresh. And I mean, in when me talking about it now, it sounds really obvious, but at the time it just was like just enough borderline, excuse me, that, uh, that I was like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know. And so I kind of just walked over there in the open. I mean, to your point, walking through the open is like the worst decision ever. And you only really do it when you don't believe there's elk around. Like, I think there's very few things you can say. And one is just never walk in the open. <laughs> and so I just took like three steps into the open and boom, this, uh, big big six by six went scrambling up the the right side of that little notch in the wide open too i mean he i i started sprinting at him i like literally grabbed the bow and just started running full speed you know 40 because i knew he spooked and like it's not going to stop anything so i ran into there got to where he was ranged him at like 80 yards and by that point he was just slow walking but i'm not taking an 80 yard shot unless it's perfect um so it was really brutal just to watch him like really slowly walk away. <laughs> oh man. And I was like, and that was the sweet point too. That was like four or five days into the season where you're like, I'm ready to kill something. I've had a good experience. Like <laughs> so brutal. So I think just, um, it's so hard and you're there for a week or two to treat every small thing like a big deal, but just trust your instinct. And if it's very rare that you overdo something, like if I had gone super slow and, and whatever i wasted 10 minutes right um but it's just you're lazy you're mentally tired you don't want to do that with every little thing so and i'd done that 20 other times that week with things that didn't end up being that way and i just chose the one time to do it wrong yeah i remember you saying i don't know if it was you who was saying it or if it was the identical draw guys when i was mule deer hunting but they were saying that like sneaking around it gets old <laughs> yeah like you're just so tense at the whole time just i mean just when we think about normal day to day, we're, we're just, a lot of times we're chilling, we're, you know, we're working, we're, we're doing our thing. But when in the elk country, when you're hunting, it's like, you're so focused and you're so quiet. It yeah. kind of like, like grips your brain <laughs> and your brain yeah. gets kind of tired sometimes. Like it, it's just like so hard every single step to be dead quiet. Well, it's so, I mean, I think if there's two things that would make someone successful and over 
the counter elk hunting. Well, there's really one that's the basis, which is like knowledge and like knowing how to shoot a bow and like your tactics and skills, right? Like, but that's, that's a given, but I think the other two are fitness and patience, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be so patient. We've, we've talked about my theory of sneaking, right? There's a speed at which nothing could ever hear you or see you, but you can cover like an inch or two every 10 seconds, if that, right? And then there's like you running and there's this giant spectrum at any given moment. You have to choose like what's the right amount of crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think for most guys, it's almost always getting pushed closer to that go inch at a time, right? Like when I'm still hunting or moving through an area, I mean, I, I'm going very slow. Um, unless I'm 100% sure there aren't elk around, but man, it's so hard to have the patience to do that for like 10 days straight. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's you're, you're yeah, physically tired, mentally tired. It's, yeah. it's all tough. So, yeah. So next time trust in the instinct and I think just, uh, mentally got myself in a place where I'm like, if you're going to screw up, screw up on the side of caution because mm. you're never going to remember that, but you're always going to remember that giant six point that walked away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what goes on in your mind when you, when you see it walking away? Like, do you remember what you were thinking? Like, is it, I think it was literally like bleep run. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like you gotta i think when an elk is bumped you're never when you spooked one even like slightly spooked you've got exactly two options one is you know he's probably going to stay in the area and like minimize like make it doubt what it smelled or heard or saw so that it doesn't go far right like that's that's one um but the other is like move fast and make crazy decisions because you're not going to call it in you're not going to like you've got to be super aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that that area um, and that bull was probably not going to, because he was alone and he was alone like mid-September. So he, it, he was not going to hang out there for a few days. He's going to look for cows. So uh, I see. And that millisecond, I was like, he's alone. He's going to be gone. Like <laughs> get him. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, didn't work out, but gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Oh, this is hard, Josh. This is brutal to remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my next one is like the most brutal one. That one's haunting. Yeah. Oh, this every time you tell me this one, I'm like, no, because I wanted you <laughs> wanted it for you so bad. But all oh, right, give man. it give it to us again. Yeah. So oh gosh. Okay. So this is a new area I was going to. I hike in first day. I got the wallows on Onyx maps no sponsors. We're not sponsored by them, but it was helpful. And then as I'm making my way towards the walls, I cross this tiny little stream and I find a pretty well-worn elk trail. Like a, it's like decently wide. I want to say like a foot wide, maybe a little less, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty thick, like well-traveled. Like anyway, I start, up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I start walking along it and it's one thirty in the afternoon and I hear a bull like way off in the distance. Um, and I was like, what the heck? That's so weird. It's 1.30 in the afternoon. It must be a human. It must be. So I just keep walking. And then five minutes later, I hear it again. Like very, maybe not even five minutes, maybe three minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely a human. Because like, I don't know. It's afternoon. He bugled right, right after one, right after the other. Oh, man. And then I'm standing there hiking, hiking a little bit. And then probably within, I don't remember, 5, 10, 15 minutes, somewhere in that, I just hear crashing coming through the woods. And I'm, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's an elk. It's coming. So I pull out my rangefinder. I, I knock an arrow. I pull out my rangefinder and I, I range a few lanes and I'm in a kind of a thick area. So 
it's all 20 yards uh, around me. And then I, uh, <laughs> I'm just standing there as I put my rainfinder down and the crashing just suddenly is super close. And then bam, giant, freaking huge elk. I don't know if it was a five point or a six point, but I, rem- I just remember it was probably just 15 big horns right in my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was probably 15, 20 yards from me. And I remember just looking at the antlers and I remember I, I was like, maybe I was trying to count them, but I remember just thinking one, two, wow, that's a lot. And then, <laughs> it was just like, it was just yeah, like so true. a lot of times. And then yeah. I'm just, it's, we're just staring at each other and he's kind of to my, like, like 10 o'clock, 15, 20 mm-hmm. yards away. Just, and I'm just stuck frozen. Ugh. So I'm out in the open. It's not bushes. It's kind of like trees in that area. And we're just staring at each other for what felt like forever. But eventually he kind of takes a step and maybe gets a whiff of me and just bam, just bolts off Gone. so fast. And then yeah, for a second. yeah my heart's blowing out of my chest I, I paused for a second i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe that just happened and then bam a second one right behind him on the trail just stops in the same spot <laughs> oh my god and i'm just we're just doing the same thing just having another staring contest uh, that one gets with so, me too, runs off yeah and yeah it's people like non-hunters will hear that story and they'll be like why didn't you just shoot it and it's like they don't understand. Like you, you can't move uh, at all. Yeah. If you're just caught right in the open, but it was cool. I could see like the whole thing in all of its glory, just that close right there. I mean, that's yeah. such a cool, such a cool encounter. But oh, and I mean, I, th- I think what you said about the, when I'm listening to this, uh, what you said about the bugle is so true. It's literally, uh, this is something I didn't believe at first, but now I'm a big believer. It's literally impossible to tell most bl- elk and humans part because there's elk that have really weird bad quote-unquote bugles like i've mm-hmm. i've heard of elk i'm like god that is a bad human like that guy sucks if you <laughs> and you look over and it's an elk and you're like what um and so I, I think there's like unless you there's only two dead giveaways right one is seeing a guy mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other is like the exact same tone every time right um, those are kind of the only two ways to tell them but i mean you can't just on the way they sound in general, you can't tell them apart. It's so hard, man. I should have known maybe cause like the second bugle a few minutes later was definitely different from the first one. I don't know if it was maybe that second elk, you mm. know, cause there was a pair of them, mm-hmm. but that could have been like, Oh, maybe it's, uh, I, I should have been, I should not have been like, Oh, it's definitely a humans one o'clock in the afternoon. What's going on. They should be bedded, you know? Yeah. But, uh, the lesson there for me was like, you hear them crashing, they're close, just draw, <laughs> just yep. draw immediately. And then they're going to, yeah. 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 And that's a good, that's a good one. You I mean, you did things right, right? You didn't, you didn't move like 90% of the time you don't move and they, it doesn't smell you. It, it's not, it's going to not spook, right? Elk just cannot see you if you're not moving. Mm-hmm. So you did that right. Right. You ranged it. You got ranges, which is normally really important but i think like you said there's a difference between encounter or like oh it's crashing through bushes within 20 yards right yeah like yeah encounter versus like go time like this is the moment um yeah yeah, most modern bows out to 30 you're good right mm -hmm. i just had no idea that they would be right there there's just well we're picking up on themes too that's pretty hilarious is like there's always more than one elk right (laughs) yeah (laughs) even an opportunity like treat it oh, i did that one time too oh man 
this was a heartbreaker. I don't think we've ever talked about this story, but it's worth bringing up now. First time I was everywhere we were hunting, mm-hmm. uh, went out with my sister, which is pretty cool. She doesn't hunt, but she loves being outdoors and like just wanted to go and see it. Got into some great bugling action. We hiked up. Wow, this is a very similar story. We got up to the top. We heard this bugle. I'm like, I don't know if that's an elk or not, but it kept doing, you kept bugling and bugled different sounds. Like, okay, I think so. We dropped on it, got down there. She raked, uh, long story short, she raked, but I was in a direct line between her and it. So it came walking in. It was staring straight at me. I couldn't move a muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing. (laughs) And then it like turned around and ran off. And at the time I was like, oh, it, it spooked me or sorry, it spooked me. It smelled me. We're good to go. But later I realized all it thought was that was a bull. It didn't see the bull because we didn't move like you did. And mm-hmm. it was running back to its cow because it didn't want the bull to make, you know, get in on it. So I start talking to my sister. We walk up there to go like replay it and look over the top and they both go blowing out like 15 yards away. <laughs> oh man. Versus if I just shut up and snuck over the top there where he'd been. I mm-hmm. would have had a 15 yard shot <laughs> and uh, it's so common though. I guess that's super common theme is like, there's always like, it's not over till it's over and there's always more than one elk. Right. 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 I just keep thinking about like the most painful. I mean, it's painful, but it's also so cool. Like that, that bull elk, yeah. both of them were huge elk and they were just majestic creatures and being able to be that close. I think the second one, I was probably, like if it took a few steps toward me and swung its head, it would have hit me <laughs> with, its, wow. with its arms. Like that, that thing was, uh, you could see the hairs, you know, on the body. You can see the eyeball. Like it's, it's, it was just so cool to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's amazing. Like that's why we do it, right? Like you can't, yes, it's amazing to kill an elk, but encounters like that are just, that's so insanely priceless. They can't, you just can't beat that that then that'll keep you coming back right yeah like now i i can't even imagine what it would be like to actually shoot one. Oh yeah. my goodness the adrenaline would be insane yeah that's yeah. so cool man yeah I, every time i hear that one it get, gets me fired up a but b <laughs> i'm like oh i wish i wish i wish i wish because oh. sounds like either of those would have been a hell of a great animal but yeah yeah you know, but I mean, it's kind of be cool and confidence inspiring for you too, because you were truly solo. You scouted that spot and you just went out there and boom, got into two good bulls. So, you know, it's not, it happens. You did a yeah. good job of making it happen. Thanks. And then I stuck around that area way too long, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, we already talked about that, right? Yeah. yeah. Shoot. <laughs> oh, humans. We're good at screwing up. Um, speaking of screwing up, I think I've got one more. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this one's interesting. <laughs> the, uh, the decision. Yeah, this was like the cleanest, like this was like a computer game. It was like option A or B, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I chose wrong. Um, so <laughs> hopefully guys can learn from that. But uh, we, so this was actually right before I killed my other bull. Um, but this was when I was hiking up and there was a branch. And at that time it was this guy and then the bull ended up killing going off. Uh, later there was another one uh, to the left too. So there were like three up in there, but I got to 200-ish yards. It's funny. I have to go back to our podcast to remember the exact distances. Like, I'm very glad we recorded that. Um, like 200-ish yards from him, and he was sitting out in the middle of this avalanche chute. And for guys that are – I think most guys should be familiar, but that's generally an area where there's been an avalanche 
in the winter and it's knocked down all the trees. So it's a really open kind of vertical shoot up down the side of a steep, steep mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the right side, there's this dark timber and the dark timber kind of started in this little notch where a creek was. And so, you know, I was staring at him for a while and then he kind of moved into that dark timber on the right and you could hear him just inside the timber kind of on that creek. There's clearly another wallow or two in there. Um, and I had two options. So I could look up the avalanche chute and the sun was kind of halfway down the avalanche chute, right? And the mountain from the mountain behind me and it was coming around that. And then the, uh, the kind of dark timber in the creek was kind of on the right and it was fully shaded. But, and the wind was kind of coming from the right. So in my mind, I'm like, do I go up to the dark timber in the creek? It'll be a little louder with all the dry pine cones and the sticks. I'll have to be more careful. You know, I'm closer to the wind shear, like where, you know, if he went 20 yards to the left, he might be able to smell me. Or I can go up the avalanche chute and I can get a really good right angle on him and look, you know, look into the dark timber and shoot into that. You know, if I go now and go fast, I'll be in the shade because once I'm in the sun, he'll be able to, you know, spot me. And I just kind of weighed the options and went with uh, option B and went up the avalanche chute. And, you know, it was a good decision for some reasons. Like you, it was quiet. I could move quick. Um, I did have a really good view into there, but what I forgot is that, Hey, okay, I'm back in the open. We talked about this, never go in the open. Like, well, it's pretty funny. Like all these things have very common themes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm back in the open. I mean, I could, I was crouched and kind of like they're shrubs and I'm kind of hidden, but this is not great stuff. And B, I did kind of the fatal sin of elk hunting, which is put a time limit on myself, right? And it's, this is like the stock market or anything. The more time you have, the more options and money you got, right? Like, uh, and so I got up to about where he was and um, I can't remember, I think there was a little wind involved, but I also, I think what caused the wind was that I got into the sun. Mm-hmm. Once I got into the sun, then I couldn't move as aggressively because it's really easy for him to see me. And I was like right at 80, 85 yards, if I remember, like right in the edge of where I'd take a shot if it was good. Um, and the second that shoot heated up, the thermal switched and uh, he spooked out of there. And so it was brutal because, you know, I, I know if I'd gone option B, it probably would have worked out. Um, so it was a really tough, it was a tough one to mentally overcome. Uh, I almost didn't go after the bull. I ended up killing just so, so like defeated after like the third or fourth attempt that went wrong. But uh, yeah, so I guess for me, always go with the option that's going to give you more time. I'll always stay out of the open, always stay in the shade right? Like those things are worth it. Right. Um, wow. It's interesting. The, the common themes throughout, man. Yeah. So in that, like how, hmm, I feel like some of the, it, it be, I, I think it's like instinctual, like some of these decisions, you don't really have time to like <laughs> pros and cons. Like really, let's think about this. It's, it's yeah. kind of like in the moment. What have you seen? What do you think works? And then you just make, you just decide and go for it. Um, is there any way to get better at that than just doing it? I don't think so. I mean, I think with like listening to stuff like this or other guys' encounters, like you learn by proxy. And I think that's great. And I honestly, people laugh, but I think part of the reason I was successful is I watched so many YouTube videos and listened to so many podcasts is like you pick up on all the little things, right? And the common themes, like guys are probably laughing. We keep saying, wow, these are all had the same themes. We literally didn't plan it at all. It's like you just start, bringing up encounters and you realize there's things guys do and don't do right, right or wrong. So you just have to think about them. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that's one way to do it. But I'd also say that elk and a few of the other encounters, you've got to think about what, like one thing I, I always screwed up, either I didn't know their behavior or I just didn't take the time to think it through. But that elk, he was alone. He was bugling. He was in an area with a wallow. I'd sat there watching him sit in a wallow for about five or 10 minutes before I moved in or however long it was. Like, he's not going anywhere, right? He's done for the day. It's now 10 or in the morning or whatever it was. He's bedded down. Like, I could have gone up that shaded route on the right and I could have had two hours to hunt that elk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of the time, just, uh, yeah, just taking the, the second, it's really hard in the moment, but just taking that second to pause and like force yourself to logically think it through. Uh, that'll pay off. Yeah, it's it's interesting that I, th- I think another theme throughout this the close encounter stories is like the ability to just be fully present seems like the the skill underneath the skills, I guess, is yeah. like to not let like the future hope or dream of getting this thing uh cloud your judgment or yeah, or like just the anticipation. Um being too yeah. television, but just stay in the moment with your surroundings one step at a time for and treat things for what they are, not what you like wish them to be. Yeah. Yeah. Just realize the reality of the situation, like what's actually going on. And I think another really great thing we talked about in the past is making sure you frame it right for yourself, which is not, oh my gosh, this is my one chance. This is the only mm-hmm. opportunity. If I screw this up, the world's over. Like that's that's really, really bad. You don't need more pressure at that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Like your, your adrenaline in your body is jacked, right? You need to take yourself the other direction, like mediate your crazy a bit instead of amplifying it. Um, and I think the, the thing that's always worked for me is I'm like, Oh, I always kind of try to to think, wow, this is amazing. I'm so fortunate. And if nothing else, this is going to give me a really great data point, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're talking about, there's only one way to learn this stuff. And a lot of that is to get out there and just screw up. And so if you view, view it that way is like, no matter what, I'm going to get a good outcome because I'm either going to get this thing or I'm going to learn of like a lesson I'm never going to repeat. Um, it's all uphill, right? Um, and so you just like, you approach it. Like it's, you're a lot more comfortable with the gamble, I guess. that way. Yeah, totally. I was actually surprisingly not like super defeated after those encounters. It, I was always like, whoa, that was so cool. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like let me let me send back to your text on the garment. Like, dude, you wouldn't imagine what just happened. Like I just yep. so close to an elk. Yeah. Um but it's, I mean, it's exactly it's, to that point, right? Like that's exactly it. Is that I the reason I felt really defeated after that one is I wanted to get one so bad because mm, I was leaving the next day. Right. 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 And when right. you when you get yourself into that mental state of like, it's gotta be this and it's gotta be that way. And it's everything. Mm-hmm. Then when it does go wrong, you set yourself up for a massive degree failure. Right. So I think that was, that was, you know, if I'm being real honest, that's probably the biggest mistake of that, that whole thing. I mean, fortunately I didn't, that wasn't big enough that I, you know, I took five or 10 minutes to recover from that and I ended up going mm-hmm. over and getting that bull. So it's, yeah. it is, it is a win in the end, but it could have, you know, I could have avoided that whole situation to begin with. So. <laughs> but yeah, that is part of the mental game that you have though. Like some guys after that situation, it's the last day they were exhausted. We've already gone. I mean, we hiked way farther than we thought we were going to hike. We didn't have food on us. Like a lot of guys would have just been like, oh man, all right, that's the last one. Like, you know, it's the last day we should get back down and uh, pack up and head out. Instead, you went after the last one and then had to extend the RV a day, but made it work. I mean, I was there, man. I'm not, I don't know. I still don't 
I mean, I kind of understand. I heard, like, I feel like I heard a small voice that was just like, just do it. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was mentally kind of like, I don't, I'm done. Like, yeah. dang it. Um, it's, it'd be, it's so easy to do. And it's not, it's very easy to talk about now, but when you've had that amount of effort for, you know, 14 days and your body's worn down, you're tired, you're dehydrated, you're, you're, you just don't think the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm very impressed. You were still, still able to be like, all right, let's just do it again for this other one and see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't me. I think the real me would have not done it. There was something there that made me kind of just say, well, why not? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still, that, that of all the whole experience shooting that bull last year, that's the one thing that still really confuses me. Wow. I don't, uh, I don't feel like I made that decision. So it's really, that's a very interesting moment. When I think about that encounter, that's always what I think about is why did Whoa. I, why did I go after that one? Um, so I don't know. But it's really still, cool. the still small voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good times. Dang. But man, uh, it's so hard to do these podcasts. I get so excited and then just look at the date and it's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. You know, it gets you out. It gets you working out, working on your gear, doing your yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's daylight savings time now for guys. I mean, you got time after work to yeah. run out and shoot a few arrows, hopefully. So if you haven't been doing that stuff, we'll do our check-in for April here in a bit. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a great time to be out there getting ready. What's the saying, Josh? More more uh, elk are killed in the spring than they are during season or something like that? All about preparation. Oh, uh, yeah. another quote I was thinking about earlier, maybe it's a good one to end on, is what you were talking about with... Uh, kind of like expectations and things like that and like letting yourself down and, and keeping things mellow. And I, what you were saying about how, like, wow, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. Like really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, I think it's Tony Robbins who says something like trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole life changes. And uh, I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty deep. It's like, you don't want to be in that situation. Oh, I deserve this. I expect to get an elk, you know, but when you're there and you just fully appreciate it all, instead of trying to expect all these results, it just flips everything on on its head almost. Yeah. And it makes it more rewarding too. I mean, that was the thing about that elk. I mean, I think you, you film me going in on it and we haven't released that footage. I still don't know how I feel about filming hunts because, you know, but I was crying on the video, you know, that wasn't like bawling or anything, but I'm like tearing up because it meant, so much more um when you come at it from that angle to me that it was i didn't like i said i kind of felt like it was given to me you know it wasn't a right like i went and oh i deserved that one because i soldiered through these three encounters it was like no i just you know i don't know just walked over there and it worked out and it was uh so but when yeah when it wasn't like oh i did everything right and i got it then you Mm kind of just feel like oh i got the logical thing i deserve but when you appreciate it and you feel lucky. You're like, wow, I didn't deserve that. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was, it meant so much because of that. So it was really, I mean, that's, that's why it's in the, it's getting texted for me now is a combination of getting to hunt with a good buddy, getting your know, wife and kid there. That, that is a, uh, that's a timeless experience. So yeah. Cool. Oh man. Now I just want to go back and watch the video. I was tearing up too. I was like, I showed my brother, he was tearing up watching the video. He wasn't even there. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's an emotional, heavy moment. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, ever since you get into elk hunting too, you're, you know, even if you're not a trophy hunter, you always envision yourself shooting some giant bull. And, you know, that's a big, that was a big one. And it was like, holy moly, that just happened. So yeah. it's, uh, I think, uh, I don't think anything beats the first one, but that was still pretty, pretty special. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to get back out there and do it again. Hopefully we'll drop a, one off when you go pick yours up. 
Yeah, exactly. We're going to get you one. Well, you're up. As we talked about, I can, I'll put it down for the record. Josh supported me last year and passed up one or two of the cows we could have shot. So, <laughs> if we're hunting together, Josh is up. That'd be awesome. Oh, man. I I I don't know, man. I I might be balling. <laughs> I might be balling yeah. crying if I do get. Uh, I'll probably be crying. I'm like, oh man, all that work. <laughs> oh gosh, Can't I'll be wait. crying either way if you miss it or if you get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be such a hard story next year. Oof. Nah, it'd yeah. be good. It'd Can't be jinx it. Can't jinx it. <laughs> oh, I could make fun of you for a year. It'd be so. Good. <laughs> oh man every Good single times. if that happens in every single episode hey hey josh remember remember you'll shoot, remember your, shoot your bow yeah. hey you're gonna shoot your bow today <laughs> yeah well hey i mean i think that's a great great episode hopefully guys learn a lot from that and then they what i would really make me happy is if someone gets an l class this fall because they're like oh, i remembered that thing so um you know i know we're talking about getting guys to write in but that might be a good lead into that yeah actually um listener questions if you got a question for baxter or me <laughs> you can feel free to drop them in the email baxterhunting at gmail.com or just go to baxterbowman.com go to the contact form and submit a question and uh, we'll read them off here at the end of the episode and try to help the next generation of hunters yeah it'd be really cool if guys are like oh hey i had this scenario and you know it's not like i know every scenario or what to do but you know, we might've seen it before and it'd be really cool to discuss in the podcast for other guys to learn from. Totally. Cool. We will uh, catch you on the next one. And then after that, our April check-in.